HBCUs, Historical Black Colleges and Universities. And, you know, I, I wonder if members of Congress can even name five of them. I mean, they may not mean a lot to everyone in society, but they mean the world to the students who have walked into one of their classrooms. College life on HBCU campuses seems as if they should be just like any other four-year college, but it's not. Like most colleges, HBCU is about tradition, but unlike a lot of colleges, it's also about culture. Joining me to discuss the culture tonight are two SWAT guys from Jackson State University, Mr. Curtis Burroughs, and from Alcorn State University, Mr. Charles Hellum. Fellas, what's going on? What's going on, Q? What's going on? Charles All right, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to join the show. And Curtis, when did you attend JSU, and what was your major there? JSU in the early 90s. Uh, my uh, major was business management. Uh, so, um, yeah, that was um, – that was my my time at HBCU in the early '90s, so it was a it was a great time, I must say. Okay, and for Charles, what about you? When did you attend Alcorn, and what was your major? I attended uh, 2005, uh, and I was a computer science major. All right, all right, and I'll just throw in for the record, I um, went to Mississippi Valley State in the early 90s as well. And so I know a little bit of something about the swag life. But, <laughs> fellas, let's start with the dormitory life, okay? Now, to me, to cl- you claim a dormitory almost like you claim your hood. You know, you represent not <laughs> just your dorm, but, you know, you represent your floor as well if you stayed on a particular floor. And, Kurt, I'll start with you, man. What was the camaraderie like okay. for you in your dormitory? When you first got there, wow. how did everything come together? How did everybody wow. get along? I'll, I'll kind of start it off. I'll give it to you from, I'll tell you from the first day when I arrived, of course, right, Stewart Hall uh, was a freshman dorm at that time. Um, I was on the second floor. I was actually the first person to arrive on my floor the first day when we moved in to Stewart Hall. I remember well. Um, my roommates actually didn't come till a week later, so I actually had my room for a week before the roommates moved in. Um, so, you know, of course, we had people from all over the country. Uh, my roommates, one was from Natchez, the other was from Orlando, Florida. And, uh, man, we, you, 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 you're actually correct. It was, it was the second floor. It was like that was our block. So, um, you know, we, we, we spent time in each other's rooms, you know, winning in. You know, you, you could go in somebody's room and get somebody to refrigerate if you wanted. I mean, we really had that type of camaraderie on the floor. So I can, I can definitely say that, that, um, that block, uh, reference is, is, is true. How we looked at it. Yeah. Okay. And Charles, what about you down there at Alcorn? Oh, uh, I was in the infamous, uh, me, me is tower. I was, I think I started on the fourth floor, which was the freshman side of it. And it was just, Really, one of them, one of them doors where anything goes down. Everybody had their side of the hall, you know. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was cool. I heard that door. I heard that door at all corners. Cool. Yeah, I heard about yeah, some of them like, back in Jack State. <laughs> <laughs> like me, I was in Lafleur Hall at Valley, and when I got there, <clears throat> this guy came in behind me, and so we're waiting to get our rooms assigned. You know, my freshman year. 
And the dorm director's like, well, you two want to be roommates? And we kind of looked at each other. And we're like, well, I guess. And there was a guy from Coldwater, Mississippi. And um, he and I are still friends to this day. You know, been almost but almost 30 years with yeah. friends to this day. And we were on the third floor, and we were three the hard way. And we looked out for one another. Nobody came from any other floor and messed with anybody on the third floor. But by the same token, nobody came from any other dorm and messed with anybody right. on the floor. And that's right. just kind of how we get right. down. I mean, like, like, Curtis, did you all have any rivalries in between dorms? Um, I don't recall... The, the males having a rivalry like that, um, I well, well, let me take that back. I think the seventh floor of Dixon was kind of infamous. They were kind of known as like the Roddy, Roddy crew. I won't get too much into why, but yeah, seventh floor was of Dixon was like known. They were infamous. <laughs> I'll leave it there. But like, yeah, you heard about a lot of rivalries between the, the women's dorm, though. You heard a lot about, you know, uh, stuff like that with them. But as far as with us, I think with the guys, I don't think we really had a lot of rivalries. You got to look at this. Back then, you had the football dorm. You know, they they were like they right. were like on a different planet <laughs> from the rest of us. So it, it was like across the, across the campus. So, no, we, we, we actually got you, – you may have had a few little individual issues here or there. But for the most part, we, 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 pretty, much, we pretty much got along pretty well that I, that I remember. Okay. And uh, what about you, Charles? Y'all have any robberies down there? Uh, no, not really. Here, the uh, football team stayed at the football dorm. Uh, honors dorm, that, really the honors dorm where everybody was going to, you know, to play, play the games. And the tower was the tower where you go eat. <laughs> so right. there really wasn't nothing into it. Yeah, I, okay. I think the, and you, I don't know, I don't know, um, Q, you might get into this later with some of your questions, but most of the rivalries that I can remember were between cities. You know, you had your Memphis crew, you had your, of course, your Jackson crew, but, but more, it was more the out-of-state crew, the Jackson, I mean, your Memphis crew, your Detroit crew, your Chicago crew, you know, you kind of had that little, that little beef going on. Uh, and that could have been now. That could have been you know people in the same dorms, but you know that was probably the only like rivalry that I can remember because you did you did have like Memphis, Chicago, Detroit. You know that was yeah. I don't know about Charles, but I know yeah. we had that. Yeah, I can yeah. say I can say about almost the same thing. Everybody had their little crew. Uh, we had the uh, the MFW always against the baseball team, which we call Rat Pack. So everybody kind of had their own little clip, but one one thing that everybody knew, not to mess with the band. <laughs> All right. And you're right. You do have, and on a lot of HBCU campuses, you do have the cities and states kind of come together to form their own little cliques because even though everybody mm-hmm. on my third floor was cool, like you said, you still had the Chicago guys that, hang, that hung out together. You had the guys from Greenville, Mississippi that hung out together, you know, the Ville mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, every now and then it'll be beef internally for the most part. So you're right, you're right about that. Right. And um, now one thing, if you attended a school, a SWAT school, then you either participated or were at least in the room at some point at, with a card game. Okay. Now, spades mm-hmm. was the game of choice mm-hmm. for us 
when I was in school. I don't know right. if it's changed or not. You know, we didn't have the luxuries of some of the bigger schools, so you kind of had to entertain entertain yourself in the sweat. And so, Charles, I'll start with you on this, man. How did you all entertain yourselves on those, like, long weekend nights where you really just didn't have anything to do or anywhere to go? I would say we mostly was in maybe the honor dorm. You know, everybody had their TVs together and brought in their Playstations and Xboxes, and we were still playing Spade. Or everybody, or somebody was in somebody's room. Somebody had the GameCube. I know I had mine when I was in college. So we did have some tournaments. So we always had something to do. You will find something. There's always something to do on the yard. People say that there is nothing to do in the middle of nowhere, but it always is. And, Curtis, what about you, man? Because, like, when I was at Valley, um, that was before PlayStation, but, you know, we had Super Nintendo, so we may play some Madden right. or some NCAA basketball right. or something. But for the most part, it was about getting down on some space. But what, what about you all at J-State? Yeah. I mean, well, the union was like the spot, you know, because you had all the card games going on in the union. And I wasn't really a card player, but, you know, I was in the vicinity of stuff going on. Um, of course, we had the bowling alley that was in the union as well. And then we just hanging out. But, you know, back then, the plaza was the hay. So, whereas now, you know, you can't drive up through the middle of campus anymore because now the plaza extends, you know, all the way down. They got the guard shacks all around, all that stuff. But back in back in, in our time, Jackson State was the hangout. So, <laughs> we just walked outside our dorm and just hung out on the yard. And, of course, like I said, of course, you know, we, people play video games and we did all that kind of stuff, but most of the action was outside, man, because from the time school class ended until 2, 3 in the morning, it was constant traffic on campus. And, see, there was nobody, the, the guards didn't stop people, you know, there was no checking IDs and all that kind of stuff. You would have traffic going down Lynch Street, like, almost to Ellis. Yeah. Up on campus, and then then you go back up Prentice, going toward Robinson Road. Traffic, all it was, just, it was just constant traffic going through. So I mean, you you didn't have to even you didn't have to even leave campus really. Like my freshman sophomore, I stayed on campus my freshman sophomore, and then half of my junior year, we you didn't really have to go anywhere because Jackson State was a, it was it was the place to be. Like if you go over to Jackson State now, it's a ghost town. Because it's time to change. But, and then, of course, now with COVID, it puts on another level. But back then, man, it was being out on the plaza. That was the thing. Yeah, see, at Valley, we didn't have anywhere to go. <laughs> I mean, like, where, a cottage field, a catfish pond? So you had to kind of hang out on campus. But one thing I can say mm-hmm. about the swag, I bet you um, people that sold 40 ounces, Cisco and Alize back in the nineties oh, yeah. made the majority of their money off of swag schools. <laughs> man, killing man. Shortstop was a spot down on Lynn Street that man. We would walk, <laughs> we would walk down there. I mean, it was um, yeah, that was man. It was some good times, man. I I, I wouldn't trade going to a swag school for for anything. The experience that we got, um, the camaraderie, the friendships that were made, um, it's nothing. Nothing compared to it. All right. So part of the glitz and glamour when it comes to the swag comes from homecoming. 
I mean, it's more than just the crowning of a queen. It's about the music. It's about the step shows. And, oh, oh yeah, and they have a football game, too. <laughs> so <laughs> let, let me start with the step shows first and get into fraternities and sororities. Mm-hmm. Charles, what was it like the first time you maybe walked by a tree and saw a bunch of alphas hanging out or maybe seeing some Delta stepping in front of the union. What was that experience like for you? I'm going to say this. When I first got to Alcorn, I think really we didn't see nobody until almost the spring month because it seemed like everybody was gone. The alphas were gone. Capitals, mm-hmm. you might see them here and there. But I, I think I was seeing more sigmas than anything. We, yeah, I, I, Alcorn cool. was known for Sigmas. Yeah, I know all the Sigmas were deep at Alcorn back in the day. So it was real. It was kind of new to me, especially me going to Alcorn because most of my family are Jacksonians. So seeing seeing that was probably like a new experience, and I you know really enjoyed myself. All right, Curtis, what about you, man? What was your first experience? like maybe at a step show or, or seeing yeah. some of the fraternities or sororities in action for the first time? Right. Well, you know, I I kind of had grown up around Greek life because I had my, my aunts and uncles were, were Greek, so I kind of had an idea about Greek life. But when you get to, when you get on campus and you're around it, I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing just to see the camaraderie between uh you know the different the different organizations. I think when I was when I was when I was on campus, I mean it was everybody was there. I think nobody was on probation or anything. So you you had the Capitals, you had the Qs, you know you had the Alphas, and then of course the the sorority. So it was um you know it was a major part of of um about college life because all the all the parties they're they're the ones sponsored you know most of the parties. Uh, so it was you were immersed into the the Greek life. Okay, so, well, for my listeners, are either one of you in a fraternity? I am. I'm an alpha. I, um, I um, was initiated through um, the grad chapter, but I'm alpha. I didn't play it in, um, in college. So, I was in a social service, us one, five, us one, service fraternity incorporated. All right, so, so Curtis, I mean, what what made you decide that this is something that you wanted to do? As far as joining a, a fraternity, what what made you go that route, and what made you choose the one you chose, an Alpha Phi Alpha? Gotcha, gotcha. Well, it, when I was actually in in college, I had you know, I had the want to be in Greek life. Um, had some things that happened in my life personally that kind of took me away from that mentality. I just had a had a lot of stuff that went on at a young age, so um, I kind of my 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 whole thought pattern about college life kind of changed. So I wasn't really into the, the Greek life. So when I, when I got older, of course, I'd always, you know, admired the alpha. That was, that was always who I knew if I was to be Greek, that that would, that was where I would go. Um, you know, because of the history, number one, the history of the members of Alpha Alpha and what they stand for, um, you know, the things that they do in the community. And they were always those, those real, like, you know, distinguished gentlemen. And, you know, that's something that always, you know, resonated with me. So I knew that. So then when the time time just arose and came, and I decided that's what I wanted to do. And that's where I am. Okay. And I, I attempted to go that route myself, but my senior year, they didn't have a line. And 
So I just kind of left mm-hmm. it alone after that. And Charles, tell mm-hmm. me about the one you're affiliated with again. How'd you get involved with that? Uh, it was through a friend actually. Uh, I th- me and my line brother, we just in his room and he just started talking to us about it. And I seen his book and stuff and looking at and looking through it, just seemed me interesting. So probably maybe a month later, we it was an interest meeting about it. So. So I would say more a friend, uh, friend who really got me into the organization. All right. So the next big part of homecoming is the music. We got to talk about the bands. You can't talk about an HBCU without talking about the bands. You know, the Ocean of Soul, the Sonic Boom, the Sounds of Dynamite. The bands are big deals at SWAT schools. I mean, I've never heard of, of any other uh, type of school outside of an HBU that really has a band robbery, to be honest with you. So right. here's the $89.16 question. And Charles, I'm going to start with mm-hmm. you first, man. Who has the best band in the sweat? <laughs> I plead the fifth on that question. <laughs> I plead the fifth no matter what all corn sounds of dynamite have the best band in the sweat. <laughs> but uh, you really try to get me in trouble. You really try to get me in trouble. Really, but uh, <laughs> I, I say forever, no to the thunder boom or the sound. No, <laughs> I, I refuse to say that. <laughs> Curtis, who got the best band, man? <laughs> okay. Well, instead of just saying it, I'll just let you hear it. Y'all hear that? I hope they're they, <laughs> they answering temptations now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The temptations are the big man. You're right. <laughs> so, I, I, think that, I think that answers my question right there, right? So, I may be a little biased involved, but no, I have to acknowledge. I mean, I, I think both both schools have great bands. I've always been impressed with Jackson State. I, I mean, first of all, their I guess you can call it workout regimen is is legendary. I mean, like they work just as much as the football team. I mean, those people oh yeah really oh, yeah. have to get in oh, yeah. shape to be in the band. You know, Man, I'm and, telling you uh, that was that was probably that was probably one of the. The, I guess the biggest surprises when I when I came to Jackson State, and the big a big deal was going to see the band practice. It wasn't necessarily go see the football team practice. It was to go see the band practice. You would have you know crowds of people at the old football um, field that used to be behind um, Blackburn. Uh, well, it was uh, it was Blackburn Elementary School then. No, no, it was Blackburn Junior High, but it was behind this other school that was over there that they tore down later. But there was the football field was back there. That was like the old practice field. I mean it would be it would be hundred, two hundred people out there watching band practice, man. And they and when I tell you like how you said, they practice <laughs> they practice I'm talking for hours. So yeah. Yeah, the, the bands is it's a way of life there, man. It is. Yeah, they really put in the work, and I, and I can only assume, Curtis, you're gonna say the J sets are the best dance team. Okay, yeah, of course I'm gonna say the J sets are the best dance uh, dance team, but 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 growing up, man, we love the Golden Girls. I can't. 
I gotta get a Golden Girl. They're props now. I gotta give it to them. Gotta get a Golden Girl. They're props. And and uh, what is the Southern what's the Southern girls called? The dancing dogs. Uh, whatever. Dog. Some some kind of dog or something. Whatever. The, yeah. Whatever yeah. Southern girls are called. Yeah. And them. So yeah. But yeah, they still, okay. They still, be number, they still number one in my heart. Can't help it. <laughs> and now, Charles, you were in the band of Alcorn, weren't you? Yes, I was. Man, so I know you can speak from personal experience about the rivals that you all had with the other band, with the other SWAC bands, uh, whether it's Texas Southern or or Jackson State or, or whoever, man. I mean, what was that like? Because y'all had a lot riding on the line every time y'all stepped on that field. Your no, reputation no, were at stake. No, you just don't know. Those week was was one of them rough. You already know it's, it's about to go down. Jackson State week was always that one. You know it's going to go down. Southern. Because our assistant band director was from Southern. He was the drum major for Southern. And he always took over for the Southern week. And he used to work us that Southern week. So it was it was a lot of rivalries, but it was a lot of fun at the same time. Because just to go back and look at it, you'd be like, oh, my God, was, our, was we really doing that? <laughs> Man, I can remember back in the day, I don't know if you all remember, there used to be a, one of the first social media sites, Black Planet. And mm-hmm. Black Black Planet used to have mm-hmm. some of the most down and dirty swack beefs that mm-hmm. I'd ever seen in some of their little groups and chats mm-hmm. and stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Man, they used to go in mm-hmm. about each other's band, and it was just – and, you know, I went to Valley, so I didn't say nothing. I, <laughs> I wasn't about to get drugged up in there. But, what, uh, what about the um? Do you remember the swagpage.com? dot com? Remember that? Oh site? yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, Ain't that page still going on? Uh, it's called the the what is it called? It's called something else. It's not swagpage.com. It's um now it's hbcusports.com now. Okay, that's okay. that's what it is now. Mm-hmm. And they still have they still have the forums, uh, like they used to have the sports board, the smack board, the band board. But but like you know, of course, how social media has change, you know, we do all that stuff on Facebook and it's a little different, but it's still, I see there's still people posting on here. All right, so Charles, what was homecoming week like for you at Alcorn? I mean, what was the buzz like around there? A long week, a long week. Teachers already knew it was fun that week. Teachers kind of calmed down because they knew homecoming, they knew we finna party, have fun, but at the same time, being in the band, you really didn't. You really didn't get to go to no homecoming event because you was at practice. Griff made sure oh, that you right. was at practice. All right. So Curtis, what about you, man? You're in the capital city, Jackson, man. Mississippi. You know you got oh, forty thousand plus coming to the game, and another, you know, man. thirty forty thousand just coming to man. the city. What was homecoming week like for you at Jackson State? Let me, let me take you to the first. My first homecoming, 1989. That was the first Jackson State homecoming as a student. Um, of course, of course, at Jackson State, where I'm pretty sure at other HBCUs, the, the festivities start a week ahead. So <laughs> the game's on a Saturday, but that Saturday before, once that Friday, that Friday before homecoming ends, it's already homecoming week. It's already starting. So all you know, we're already in homecoming mode already, but yeah, um, 
we had uh, two live crew was one of the um, one of the groups that performed oh, homecoming. Yes, I don't, I don't think I need to say anything else. That's it. And then <laughs> we get to the game. We get to the game, and 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 the two live crew girls were performing with the boom. Oh man, Are you imagine a, a eighteen? Well, I was, well, I was, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was eighteen. Just imagine an eighteen-year-old being exposed to all of that. <laughs> yeah, wow, the whole week. I mean, we don't, you know, it's class. You're not going to class. I mean, well, you go. You you're not doing anything. Pretty much where you're going. Uh, it's, it's just a party the whole week. Just just stuff just going on. You know all the alumni, and that's you know that's that's one thing that still goes on at Jackson State. You know, homecoming week is still major over there, but um, that whole week is just something going on the whole time, everywhere. Just it was it was a good time. I can imagine if we had a stadium on campus, what that atmosphere oh, would have been like. Man, and I'm telling you, when I tell you the traffic. Yeah, well, that, well, traffic on campus, like I told you, that was just a regular day. That was on a regular night, the traffic on campus. But homecoming week, homecoming, that, especially the game night, oh, my goodness. You were you were rushing to get back from the stadium to get back to the yard. Yeah, yeah, the traffic was nuts. And, I mean, but, like, in the SWAC, every weekend seemed like a party during football season. You know, a lot of times you actually yeah. got an actual football game was being played, but – they had some great rivalries in the sports as well. And so, Curtis, back then, um, when you or I were attending our respective schools, uh, I mean, Jackson State and Alcorn, of course, were going at each other. I mean, you know, you had Steve McNair at Alcorn, and the, the rivalry between that school was just beyond anything that I've ever experienced personally. Yeah. I mean, so talk about yeah. some of the rivalries as far as that, and with Southern Baton Rouge because they were something else too. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, when you think about it back then, especially, and I think even even though the football team has not, you know, performed at the level that because we we grew up accustomed to, but Jackson State was always everybody's biggest game on on their schedule. I don't. It was always any team in the sweat when they played Jackson State, it was like the Super Bowl. But um, of course, all corners are rival. That, that we know that. That's that's our that's our rival. But I think Southern was a bigger rival for Jackson State, and I think still is. Then I think we're a bigger rival for all corn than all corn. I think we hate Southern worse than we hate all corn. I'm just gonna be. I just be honest with you. Jackson State hate they hate Southern. It is, it's just a it's, the, the all corn rivalry to me is a is a it's a, it's a friendly type rivalry, but yeah, we still want to beat them. But the southern rivalry, it's on another level. It's on another level. Q. I remember um, going down to Baton Rouge. The last game I went to in Baton Rouge, I think, was 1996. That's the last game I went down there. I said I'll never go back again. When I tell you they are, they probably, they probably are the most disrespectful fans. <laughs> and, and I and I think it I think it just carries over to Baton Rouge. You know LSU is like they were Ole Miss. <laughs> it's just they are just ruthless, man. Yeah, it was. I would say Southern is the worst, probably the biggest hateful rivalry of Jackson State. 
is football. Even all corn is is all corn, but it's, Southern's on a different level. Yeah, Southern has some trash talkers. I I've been to Southern twice, and just like you, after that last time, I said I was never going back. But both times, I almost mm-hmm. end up in incidents. I had we had some dudes that wanted to fight us over some seats one time, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and then another time we just had some guys that just wanted to fight because they lost. That was in a basketball game. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. They lose. They don't. They don't take losing well at all. Yeah, yeah. And so that is definite. They're the biggest trash talkers I've ever come across. But I mean, Charles, what what I think made the SWAC so great, and I'm sure it's like this at some of the other schools, like maybe in the SEC or the Big Ten. But um, if your team lost, like if you lost to Jackson State as an Alkanite, sometimes that can determine if you even went home that next weekend or not, because you knew you're gonna have people waiting on you to talk about you <laughs> when you got there, man. I mean, talk about what it's like to lose to your rival at a SWAC school. Mm-hmm. Usually, that's so you, those are ones that you just got to go ahead and be like, I'm going to take the L on it just we lost. <laughs> but because yeah. I know coming from Alcorn, you know, going going to church in Jackson, you know, you were going to hear it regardless. You were going to hear it, but your team wins. Oh don't, yeah! Don't come up, don't, don't come home with that nickname. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I remember. I, I, I can think of one special holiday. Matter of fact, it's Christmas Eve. It's always Christmas Eve uh, party at my uncle's house. I decided I decided to wear my all corn band T-shirt. Then I came in the house and already was like, "Don't you start? <laughs> don't you start?" And I just be like, shake my hand. Just shake my hand. It's just a game. We cool. We family. I love you, but you know you know who who run the sweat. <laughs> See, with me going to Valley State, now in basketball and and then I, I got it, I was able to do some trash talking. Um, especially yeah, back in yeah, the day yeah. with when Al Ford was right. playing at Valley, going up against Lindsey Hunter. Um, right. Steve Rogers, Bobby Fields. There were some great rivalries in basketball mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when it came to football, because we always got our heads kicked in, I just really kind of stayed in my lane for the most part. You know, yeah. every 11, 12 years, we'll get lucky and beat, and beat Jackson State. But for the most part, I just kind of <laughs> stayed in my lane in football. And I definitely stayed away from Southern Baton Rouge people. Cause they, even I mean – and just to give the people an idea it. of how Southern Baton Rouge people are, they don't even sit on their side of the field at the games. They come and intermingle with your fans. They don't sit oh, yeah, on their way side. The yeah, they yeah, come they and, and sit on your stadium. side so they can talk to you. And it's <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They ain't, they not they not friendly at all. I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> this, Curtis. You did say Southern is probably one of y'all biggest rivalries than all corn. To all corn, it's the flip side. Well, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is all corn is still the the biggest rivalry, but I think that that southern rivalry is just different. I guess that's what I guess. It's just a a different. It's nasty. Yeah, it's nasty. There's no friendliness with all corn. You know, we we, we lose. You know, we're still cool. We still talk trash, but southern. We don't, we don't, we don't, we're not cool with them. <laughs> you know, I can't, we don't have I can't no. Because I'm cool with Southern people. Like, I, I'm well, I mean, cool with Southern people. I, I, I am now. Personally, me, yeah, me personally, I don't, I don't have an issue now, but I'm talking back in those days, 
Oh no, we didn't. No, we wasn't. We not friendly with Southern. I remember. I think the last time we played in the Superdome, you remember? You remember they had moved the Jackson State Southern game to the Superdome for a while. And I remember, I remember that last game we were down there when um, James Bell was the coach. I think James Bell was the coach of that game, man. We just got destroyed. Oh man, and Southern fans just were just rubbing that in. They just, oh, it was just horrible. They did, but when they're when they when they when they're winning, oh man, it's, they they front runners. But if they losing, they are down. You, you can you can't get them to say nothing. Man, but I've that's the good part about Southern people. You can always talk trash with them. And I think that's probably one reason why I can say I like Southern because we're gonna trash talk together, but at the end of the day, it's number love. Well, and, man, and I'll tell you one thing about Southern though. Now, Jackson State, we travel. Southern travels on another level. When they, when yeah. they, when they, oh, when, yeah. they, when the oh, game yeah. is in Jackson, when the game is in Jackson, and they and they bring they bring thirty thousand people to the city, man. It's it's crazy. When they come and they and they, and they show up like on Wednesday, <laughs> they yeah. got stadium tailgating on Wednesday before the game. I'm like, man, do y'all work. Yeah, that's one thing about Southern. They gonna tailgate. They gonna they gonna do everything. And another thing about Southern, by them tailgate, they'll see you. They ain't gotta know you. They'll still see you. No doubt. Yeah, I remember. I remember Steve McNair's last his last year. Um, we were at well, Jackson State was playing at Grambling, and um, Southern was playing at Alcorn the same day. And one of my boys, we woke up that, that day before, like, man, where we going? We going to Grambling? We going to Alcorn? We was like, man, we going to Steve. <laughs> 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 we was there that day when they played Southern. Man, we left We left Jackson. The game was at 1 o'clock. We left Jackson at 7.30. So then we get, leave early, get down there and hang out, whatever. When we got through Port Gibson, the, the turn on 61 to head to, the, to Alcorn, Traffic was already bagged up like at eight o'clock. Game went to one now. We finally get on campus. Um, I would say we got maybe like about ten. We finally made the campus. Southern fans were already in their seats already. I, I, kid, I, I, I kid you not. <laughs> ten o'clock. The, I can, the I can side the of the stadium was packed to. The game didn't start to one. They were already in their seats. I was like, man, that was, that was, I think that was only my second time going to a game at Alcorn. Then. And Southern was already in their seats, man, at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, already packed already into their seats. And that was the, that was the game where Steve McNair broke uh, Ty Detmer's all-purpose NCAA um, total yards record. And it was on, the game was on ESPNU. You remember that year, mm-hmm. that year all the Alcorn games was on TV. They actually, they actually had a couple of games on ABC that year. Yeah, Steve McNair was a big deal. Steve McNair was a big deal still to this day. And you you probably see me posting in all kind of posts on Facebook. Steve McNair is still the best college football player I ever saw. The best college football player I ever saw. I don't care what league, I don't care what division. Steve McNair was the best college football player I ever saw. Yeah, uh, I won't argue that at all. Say, who, if you argue with that, something wrong with you. Yeah, to to this day, I, I right? Mean, I, and I've seen I've seen Bo Jackson. I saw Herschel Walker. I was a little young, but I mean, I still saw Herschel Walker, Tim Tebow, 
Um, just kind of thinking about some of this, this big time college players, Eddie George, you know, I'm, Steve McNair was the best. I'm telling you, when um, when they were up for the, you know, he finished third in the Heisman that year, and um, when they went to New York and they had the, um, you know, they had the, the, the festivities, the, the show and all, and they were talking to Warren Sapp. They were talking to him about Steve McNair. This was Warren Sapp when he was in Miami. He said, man, they would be getting, running back to their dorm to watch Steve McNair. This is Warren Sapp at the University of Miami. He was that's how good Steve McNair was. He said, man, we had to get back to see what Steve McNair was doing. Because dude was just putting up just video game numbers. Yeah. And he looked calm doing it, like a man amongst boys. He was cute. It was a he was a man among boys every time he stepped on the field. Yeah, I just I, mean, I still hadn't seen anything like it in college. Yeah. All right, so a couple more questions. We'll wrap this up. Attending a SWAT college was this anything like you had seen on in movies or maybe on TV or? I, I mean, I saw school, the movie School Days the night before I left for Valley mm-hmm. my freshman year, and I, I really didn't think that School Days captured what I experienced, but had you ever seen anything on TV like a SWAT school or the experience? No, not really. No, yeah. School, school Days, it kind of hit it a little bit, but no, nah, man, it's it's a whole different it's a whole different attitude at a HBCU school now. I don't know how much it has changed over the years. I think I think a lot has changed um, with the atmosphere, with the environment of HBCUs over the years. But you know, when when we went, you know, the culture, the just the the family atmosphere, the pageantry, just the you know, going to classes. You got to look, going, going to a SWAC school back then, the facilities, you know, Q, were, were, were second rate. This is, this is, yeah. we, 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 we had, but we didn't, I think we knew, we knew we, we had maybe facilities that may not be up to par with, you know, the, the other, the, the bigger schools, the white schools in the state, but we didn't care. <laughs> we just dealt with it. You know, I, the stuff that we dealt with, I don't think a lot of these kids now to deal with it because they, you know, they're 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 um living, which is good. I'm glad the facilities are better, but you know, I, I we we live we lived in third war, we live in third war, um, third world conditions. I'm just be honest with you, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> it, it was bad. Yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna be honest with you. It was it was bad, but we didn't care. Yeah, I don't think it – it definitely wasn't the best, and I expected more when I got there. But, man, I learned to love it. You know, I learned to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And so, all right, Charles, let me ask you this, man. Outside of what you learned in class, what did attending a SWAT school teach you? And would you recommend to maybe someone in high school to attend a school in the SWAT? Why or why not? That's a must. Like we always say, it is nothing like that HBCU experience. Because you get to see a whole lot. And I know my first year, I saw a whole lot. Alcorn taught me a lot of stuff, how to survive, you know, learn how to eat certain Mm -hmm. stuff that you used to not eat before, where you could literally go hunting 
on campus, get, get you a deer, skin it, and they say, no, we got a party somewhere eating a deer. But you get to meet a lot of people from different cultures, different backgrounds, and lifelong friends. I got one friend that I still keep in contact to this day. We started we started school at the same time, and we still talk to this day. Cause you gonna That's learn everything. Cause I can tell you this, Curtis. You you might y'all might have that same experience back in the day. You used to have three things. They used to tell you you gonna do th- one of three things. Either you gonna do one or the other, or you gonna do both. <laughs> But like I say, that HBCU experience is something you will not get at these predominant white schools. You're not gonna yeah. get because you gonna for, feel that culture. And what about you, Kurt? What did the SWAC teach you, and would you recommend it to a high schooler? Wow, wow. I, that's not that's not that's not as easy for me to answer because times have changed and. I guess when we were in school, we learned to deal with less, and that really builds up, that built the character in us to being able to deal with. Because these kids that they don't know about having to go to the and so well, y'all know what that is. That's the, the, the arena on campus and standing in line to register for hours, then being told to walk across campus to another building uh, man. to the university college because they don't have your paperwork or whatever incorrectly. You got to go over here to speak to this lady. Then you got to stand in line to talk to this lady about this. But what These kids, they don't understand that, even at Jackson State now. Um, so I guess the, the to look at it from what we got, what I got when I was in, in college is probably different from what kids today would experience. I don't know if the experience is the same. Um, you know, it, it, it's still unique. You know, attending a, an HBCU school, but I don't think the experience that I had or that you that we had is the same experience that you know students have at HBCUs now. Um, I'm, I'm not saying I, I would you know you know you know say person don't go to an HBCU or, or discourage it. That's not what I'm saying. I just it's kind of tough for me to compare it because I just our experience was just unique, man. And just by me, just by me still having, you know, some, I do, you know, have some kind of connections with Jackson State now. I kind of know what goes on on campus a little bit. It's nothing like it was when we were in school. So I, I kind of just, you know, I, I don't think kids can get the experience that we had. So yeah, I wouldn't discourage I think... it, but you know, I just, yeah, it's it's, it's a different, it's a different, a different lifestyle now. I think they may have missed out on what we what we had. And, I mean, as far as right. what the SWAC taught me and my experience at Mississippi Valley State, it taught me patience, for one thing, because I couldn't have everything I wanted. It taught me survival skills, mm-hmm. because if you missed the cafeteria mm-hmm. on a Friday evening, you had to find mm-hmm. something to eat <laughs> before it reopened Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And I think the main thing exactly. it did, I think it taught me how to communicate, because we didn't yeah. have the luxuries that a lot of schools that had money had, you know, schools like Ole Miss and LSU, so we lacked the right. entertainment options that they had. So we were left with, you know, playing a game of spades or just talking mm-hmm. to each other or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, it taught me pride in my race because I got to meet yeah. black people from all over the country, some from out of the country. Right. And 
it taught me pride in my race because I had gone to a predominantly white high school. My only real exposure to blackness when I was in high school was listening to Public Enemy and Boogie Down Productions. But when I got mm-hmm. to Valley, I, I actually learned about some of those people that the rappers talked about. You know, I got to interact with black right. people from all over the country and saw how much right. different their lives were compared to mine, even though we were all the same color. And um, I also learned that guys from Chicago and Detroit don't understand how the heat works in the South. I mean, every year somebody from Chicago <laughs> or Detroit would drink a lot of sodas instead of water, and they fall out walking across campus. Or something. Yeah, I was taking somebody from up north to the infirmary every year to get rehydrated. Yep, yep, yep. But, but overall, I mean, I, it was a great experience. And um, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Like I said, we didn't have nah. all the nice things they had at other schools. But, man, it was just something else, you know. And so it we'll was. go ahead and wrap this it up. Was. And, fellas, I appreciate you taking the time to, to join the show. Let me give you a little round of applause here. Um, and, Charles, I know you have a – Yeah, yeah. And, Charles, I know you do, um, I think, a YouTube show. Talking about the swag, can you tell the people where they can find some of your previous shows? Most of my previous shows are on Real Talk with Charles Hellum, which are swag church announcements. I know there's one coming soon, one real coming soon. <laughs> Another primetime edition, Curtis. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Oh, yeah, you, you, better, you, better, you, better, you better get used, better get used <laughs> yeah. to being at primetime, man. You better get used to that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I, right. I, I you, almost you, forgot. You really didn't get into that. You yeah, really I almost forgot. Curtis, <laughs> I got to ask you about Deion Sanders being hired as a as the coach of Jackson State football, uh-huh. man. What does that mean to the school uh-huh. outside of the economics? Well, outside of the economics, as far as the football aspect, I don't know yet. Because I'm just going to be honest, I am not. I, I still have. I'm reserving my opinion about the football aspect of it because I don't know how Dion is going to be as a not as a tactician for us on the field because that's what he he's going to have to hire the right assistant coaches for that. But I'm just wondering how he's going to be able to deal with being head coach of a SWAC school. It's, it's, it's totally different from anything that he's probably ever dealt with. And it's, it's you know, it's a honeymoon honeymoon period right now. Everybody's all it's all everybody's all happy. We got Dion and all the billboards and all this publicity. I love it. I love all that. But when it comes down to <laughs> on that field and to see what kind of um, product is going to be put on the field, that's what I'm waiting to see. I'm you know, I'm excited about it, but I'm just reserving my opinion or my um, thoughts on the football aspect because I just don't know yet. Hey, he's definitely bringing a buzz around the the city, and um, I saw something on Facebook today about Snoop Dogg coming to town because of him mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah, I heard I, uh, I heard Bo Jackson too. Bo, Bo Jackson, yeah, Bo, I mean he he, huh? he 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 got those connections. He has all those connections for us with um in the sports world, so in in, in the entertainment world, and that's all oh, that's great. I'm loving all that stuff. Bring it on. All the attention, publicity, let's have it. But you're still going to have to perform on the field. And so that's what I just don't know how that's going uh, to be. So I'm just going to yeah. reserve my, um, my but opinion. I'm, I'm going to say this. No matter what, somebody has said it. I think Mississippi, uh, somebody from Mississippi State has said it. They think that 
how Dion came, it was over dramatic. I was like, what okay. Oh, somebody else. You know how no, the you, band, how you he came me the press the big press conference and everything, but what, 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 is, what did they expect? That's Dion. What, what did you expect was gonna happen? <laughs> but just just like how let's just say Nick Saban would have came into town, you know it would have been a ticket take parade. Man, when Nick do hey, go back and look at the videos when Nick Saban did come to Alabama. Man, <laughs> you wanna you wanna see when he when he came? It was not it wasn't like Dion with the band, the boom yeah. and all, but it was a lot of hoopla. I mean, yeah, that's that's what you expect. I mean, come on, man. people just some folks just don't but have it. No matter no matter what, yeah, it's, it's bringing attention to the HBCUs. And somebody said this: hopefully, they bring the black college football games back on TV. And I hope so too, because mm-hmm. I used to enjoy it when mm-hmm. I used to be in school. Watch Jackson State and Southern, Jackson State and FAMU, Alcorn and Jackson State, Bayou Classic. You enjoy them games. Mm-hmm. You, you really oh, did. And that one thing about the SWAC that I can say is that even though the, the schools are, you know, rival schools and they don't get along with each other when they play, a lot of times you see people pool for other SWAC schools right. whenever they're on the big stage. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I was pulling right. for yeah. Lindsey Hunter in the NCAA tournament, or I, you know, I, I wanted to see Bobby Fields do well when he was playing in the NBA, and so yeah, I, I think that's that's part of the beauty of the whole SWAT culture. Mm-hmm. You know, we hate each other. Yeah. yeah. You know, when when we're talking yeah. in public, we're really each kind other. of secretly because I want right. to see Jackson State right. do well because of Dion, because a rising tide, right. you know, lifts all boats. The SWAT would benefit from that, mm-hmm. not just Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And that's one thing I like. That's one thing I like that he's done. You can tell, and, and, and this isn't a, this isn't a show because Dion has been involved in the community for a long time. So him him coming in like that um, event they had last week at the Thalia Hall, where he had you know um, you know guys from the community, uh, pastors, you know community leaders and stuff like that. Dion's been doing that kind of stuff. But that that that's not that's not a show right there. That's a, but it's just like yeah. now, whereas he has he has the vehicle to to show it because of social media, and but that's him. Dion Dion's been doing that kind of stuff. I, I know that for a fact. So that can that can yeah. be anything but a good thing. So yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, all right, fellas, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to join this Q on two discussion on the Talk to Q Radio Show. And um, we'll have to do it again in the future, maybe after we see some spring football in the swag. We'll have something to talk about. No doubt, man. Thank you. Always. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.